0: Bang. What's up, y'all? I'm Nick, a senior writer over here at Sports Pack 12. And this is going to be our mailbag question segment. So I'll be answering the questions you sent in here in a podcast format. And if you'd like a written response, send them over to fellow senior writer and Dane Miller. And so in all seriousness... I have a lot of fun answering these questions. They take my research and my thinking all over the conference. And one point I want to reiterate is I'm just like you. I'm a Pac 12 fan, so in all seriousness, we're one and the same. We may cheer for different schools, but hey, we're all Pac 12 fans in the end. We're very similar. So from down south to the Arizona schools, to up north to the Washington schools, to East out in Utah, and Colorado. We got Oregon and Cali in between, and in our entirety, we make up the Pac 12 Conference. And even though we compete against each other during the year, let's come together for this podcast and have a heck of a lot of fun. So, without further ado, let's get to today's question, and thanks for tuning in as always. Happy Wednesday, y'all. Happy Hump Day. Middle of the week, and we got a question. I'm always grateful for you guys, the fans out there. Thanks for sending in the question and making what could be a hump day pretty interesting for me. So today's question is from Joe in Tucson, Arizona, and he asks, who do you think will be the most valuable player on the Arizona football team this year? Again, the question from Joe, Tucson, Arizona, who do you think will be the most valuable player on the Arizona football team this year? So normally I'd like to pick out of three options, but... With the Wildcats, there's really only one choice on their roster, so save the drumroll. It's linebacker Colin Schooler. There could be a couple other names to consider and wide out Jamari Joyner and cornerback Lorenzo Burns, but they're really not on the same level as Schooler, and to indicate otherwise would really just be kind of pointless. So I do like to show some kids some love. I love myself some pac soon athletes, working hard, great leaders, great minds, and respect them thoroughly. So let's show some other kids some love here. Starting with Lorenzo Burns, it is worth noting that he had an impressive statistic year last year at cornerback, finishing with 4 interceptions, 7 passes defended, and 35 solo tackles, and if he can build on a skill set from last year, he can prove a valuable playmaker for the Cats and a much-needed leader in the secondary. Hopping over the other side of the ball here, we're going to highlight Jamari Joyner. In terms of Jamari, he had 34 receptions for 552 yards and 5 touchdowns, and he also averaged a scorching 16.2 yards per catch, so... Thoroughly, thoroughly impressive. It's also worth noting his performance in the Territorial Cup against ASU, in which he tallied seven catches for 140 yards and two touchdowns. This is an extremely impressive way to end his his campaign, and it really should be interesting to see if he can build on this momentum going forward into next year. So with all that being said, again, the only answer and the guy we're going to spend the majority of our time on today is going to be Colin Skuller. He is the man of the hour, or the man of the next 10 minutes. So... (laughs) On a team that finished last year in a seven-game losing streak, or excuse me, with a team in the Wildcats that finished last year essentially losing seven games in a row and getting blown out in most of the outings, it would have been really easy for this team to quit. And to be like quite frank, some players probably stopped giving their all in the AC defense last year, but not Skuller, man. Skuller just is not about that. And like every sterling program needs that one consistent leader who can pave the way for brighter paths in the future. And plain and simple, he's proven that guy for Arizona. An example of his leadership, after a tough defensive fourth quarter against the Huskies last year, in which the Wildcats allowed 24 points and route to a blowout loss, he had this to say, I blame myself. I allowed that to happen. Our defense should be flying around, playing physical, and playing fast no matter what the score or how much time is left on the clock. And more importantly than that, even though that shows great leadership in itself, a couple days later on the practice field, he was not down on himself, and he wasn't kicking around his teammates, making them feel bad which can be done on a struggling team. So that's just really cool to see. Instead, he kind of exhibited a what now mentality. So in other terms, what can we do to get better today? Get 1% better. How can we improve? Yes, this happened. We probably didn't prefer it to happen, but we can get better and we can move forward. And this is exactly what you need in a leader. Exactly what you freaking need in a leader. However, hopping over the statistical... <laughs> Hopping over the statistical, I can't even say that word today. Hopping over to the statistical side of things, he led the team in 2019 in tackles with 98, which includes 64 solos, 11 tackles for loss, 1.5 sacks, two fumble recoveries, and two passes defended. So he really did a little bit of everything. His efforts really should be appreciated. And throughout his career, he's tallied really, really impressive, really impressive stats for the Cats with 313 tackles. 204 solo, 46 tackles for loss, nine sacks, four interceptions, three forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, and seven pass deflections. Whenever a linebacker's stat list is going on that long, that's something impressive. I didn't even know there's that many stats for the linebacker position, but he's filling up fumble recoveries, forced fumbles, interceptions, and pass defended. He's really all over the field. But for me, and this is what, if you're going to remember one thing from the answer today, this is really what I want ever to, to remember. Look, his stats are impressive. You cannot take away from 98 tackles because that's a thoroughly, thoroughly remarkable number. However, his ability to be leader of the Arizona's best group in the linebacking core is what separates him from the other. He is truly the leader, and this is really the unit you're going to expect to carry AZ next year if they want to have any sort of success. So under his leadership and guidance, the unit's really actually solid and probably one of the best in the Pac-12. It's not just him, obviously, so there are a couple other guys, and they include Tony Fields' second, Anthony Pandy. They're, again, both proven very valuable players in their own right. Fields finished second on the team with tackles with 94, but neither of these guys could be considered the same realm as Schooler. I'd love to lie to you. Maybe Fields, but not what he's done for the overall kind of scope of the program. So hopping back over to Schooler, in a recent list, he was named the 23rd best player in the Pac-12 and was the only Wildcat listed among the top 30 players in the conference. It's also listed as an all Pac-12 third-team defensive selection by Athlon. No other AZ players on the first three teams. However, they do four players on the fourth team all-conference list. But the really cool thing about Schooler, and again, just going back to his character, is that he says and demonstrates the right attitude in regards to personal accolades and winning. So in an article dated prior to the 2019 season, he stated, It doesn't matter if I have a certain amount of tackles for losses, sacks, interceptions, or tackles. If we don't win, that's the only category I really care about. He's also a team first guy, which isn't necessarily seen in every player this day and age. So when asked about being named to the preseason All-Pac-12 Conference team in 2019, he said, I mean, it's an honor to be on those watch lists and to get some national recognition. But outside of this team, there's really not much that matters. I mean, this is just such a good attitude. But maybe even most and most importantly, he's a really nice face like You know those faces that just make you want to seem like a generally good person, or excuse me, make that person seem like a generally good spirit, a generally good soul? He's got one of those, man. It's like the opposite of a face you want to punch. You see this guy's mug, and you may consider doing some, like, volunteer work at the local soup kitchen. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he just looks like a nice person. I don't know if we're going to find him at the local soup kitchen, but, hey, he spreads good vibes. Good vibes, for sure. Nice face vibes. But, (laughs) all right, Um, hopping back over, uh, to <laughs> collect myself here. So opposing running backs probably don't feel the same way with the nice face analogies. Definitely got a little pop in him. A little hammer can definitely lay a little boom stick. But more important than that, in my opinion, and way more important than his athleticism is his ability to really understand the game from the middle linebacker position. That position holds a lot of responsibility. And I just believe he has a great feel for the game of football, plain and simple. Pretty obvious he spends a lot of time in the film room. He understands when to blitz, drop back, which gaps to fill, how to direct the defense, and contains many attributes that may not be seen on this field of play, but are extremely important to his actual team in terms of success. In very simple terms, he possesses all the intangibles needed to be a solid middle linebacker. So, in conclusion, Tim, 1. Colin Skler is the only choice on this list, but other names to remember for Wildcats football would be cornerback Lorenzo Burns, wideout Jamari Joyner, and for some reason up top, I left out Tony Fields, but again, just remember Schooler. He's hands down my selection and the only player I'm really highlighting today, to be quite frank. And it's not close. It's Schooler. Forget the other names. I mean, I mean don't forget them, but it is Schooler. Second off, his career staff speak for themselves, but I'm more impressed with him as an overall leader and his positive mindset. These type of players are invaluable in struggling programs, and he may help turn the tide of Arizona football in the right direction. I can't like promise that. That'd be BSing. they will probably still struggle this year, but they're 110% better for having him on their roster. And three, in terms of his actual ability, he reminds me of a quarterback of the defense. He's an extremely high football IQ and just understands all facets of the linebacker position. He knows where to be at all times unless the game come to him, which is really not seen in all-star players. For me personally, I'm thoroughly impressed with Schooler as a person, player, and a team leader. Just seems like a great young man and I hope lots of success for him, whether it's on the field, off the field, wherever he ends up in life. He deserves good things to happen for him. Thanks for the question, Joe. Have a great day and stay cool. For real, stay cool down there, man. I used to have a great aunt who lived in Tucson. It can get hot down there. And because it's me, I checked the weather forecast. saw you are looking at triple digits. Man, dude, in Seattle, it's still cloudy, bro. It's still cloudy and it's like July 8th today. So stay cool. Enjoy maybe adult beverage, a nice little lemonade, throwback to our childhood days. Thanks for listening as always, guys. And we're going to drop some balls in, cross them all up. He we go. I we'll say it's time to stunt. Runt, run, run. Let's just rhyme. I'll be the ill last cat from the line. Oh, I think I swore. Sorry. We're going to let that one slip in. I'm rolling with this podcast. Y'all have a great day. I'm out. There's some bars. Seriously, thanks for the question. Y'all are amazing fans.